So I thought, okay, they will fix it in the next production, and I'll give them some time. They didn't respond, so I wrote down this blog explaining all my research and what did I do. And the conclusion was, uh, the companies are so desperate to make their name in IoT device that they are not taking care of the basic security. And uh, the end user is at risk. These devices can be very easily hijacked and can be used for notorious purposes. Uh, it could be as simple as changing colors of your light when you are sleeping uh, in the night to something like opening your doors, to opening your curtains, to changing temperature, obviously. Hello, welcome to the episode 30 of the Belk IoT podcast. IoT everything with me, Sai Prakash Belkeri. So, whenever you build any IoT system or anything, uh, whenever I keep talking about IoT on any forum for that matter, the uh, when I you know talk about all these fancy things, the fundamental thing that everyone asks me is that you know how can I? IoT is essentially you know connecting everything around you to internet, and uh, people are always concerned about. what if my fans if someone in us starts operating my fan without my permission so the security aspect and exactly to talk about the same thing we have our guest today who is ayan pawa he is a uh, he is currently working as iot engineer for mercedes i am sure it's one of our favorite brands and uh, he has been doing a lot of work in this space also he has his own youtube channel where he shares about a lot of uh, technological advancements he's he has that innate love towards drones he has he has done a lot of fabulous work so without further ado let's welcome him and uh, thanks ayan for being here uh, Hi, how Sai. are you doing good good thanks for having me it's uh, been a great pleasure to be on this show and especially some iot podcast coming straight from india it's you are doing an amazing job and i cannot be more happier than be here and discuss uh, some iot and security aspects with you today definitely man that it's 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 a pleasure to have you because you know we recently connected i for those who do not know uh, all the networking is today the i mean especially with the lockdown it's happening on clubhouse uh, and you know those yeah. platforms and that's how i met ayan uh, we actually you know we hosted a session uh, duck city and yeah, i i was uh, the guest in the room where you were talking about iot and i was so fascinated with the knowledge you were sharing and then we connected and here we are today <laughs> yeah exactly Uh, so you know, just to get started, if you can quickly introduce about yourself, the, your whole journey till now. What have you been doing? What are the interesting stuff that you do in on your YouTube channel? What all you share there? Uh, sure. If you can touch upon them, definitely, definitely. So I wear multiple hats uh, all the time. I keep uh, you know changing it. So uh, as a full time uh, job, I work as a senior embedded software engineer uh, in automotive domain. and i do a lot of embedded stuff i do automotive audio i do self driving cars i have done uh, active uh, active noise cancellation in automotive and ivi system adas system lot of things uh, you won't be you won't be seeing any directly iot part in that like there won't be word iot audio or iot connectivity but iot is so uh, embedded in today's world that we don't even realize we are ending up doing iot so i'm doing connected cars you know we are we are talking about 5g and vehicle to vehicle communication vehicle to cloud communication so many things uh, in the work so yeah that's my full time job and i'm surrounded with the different boards uh, whether they are microcontrollers or single board computers running linux android autosar qnx and real time operating system uh, apart from that i am a hobbyist i am a serial hobbyist maker tinkerer i do lot of stuff around drones specifically high speed racing fpv drones i do 3d printing uh, 
uh, I do uh, I do make uh, IoT projects and blog about them on my blog and my YouTube channel where I try to teach people something related to drones and the recent trends in technology just like you do with your podcast. Uh, yeah, so couple of more things I do. I I help organize uh, different meetup groups in Delhi. NCR, uh, one of them is uh, my favorite India Linux user group, Delhi. Then we have Hardware Hackers Club. Then uh, we also have some Aero Modeling Club, uh, and yeah, a lot of different things. So that is about me, and I like to stay busy, stay updated with the technology trends. And uh, lately, your podcast has been really helping me doing that. So couldn't be happier than be here as a guest and sharing what I have to share. Wow, that's that's your uh, you know that's very nice of you that you know you are uh, sharing so much apart from having you know a full time job you are sharing so much uh, to the society especially you know your your the kind of communities that you are in uh, so w- let's let's get into this uh, the first aspect the embedded systems part which is the fundamental part where you know the whole, whole IoT journey starts the 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 whole IO the data flow starts uh, so. We'll talk about it from uh, what is embedded systems, if you can explain them, and also if you can touch upon the careers aspect of it. Because in India, we don't have uh, those many openings. Uh, usually, people get to, you know, uh, even, uh, you know, t- uh, take example of me. I was an electronics engineer, but still, I had that innate passion towards embedded systems, but eventually landed up into ID uh, and, you know, uh, doing my embedded part uh, as my passion uh, after my job hours so how is this space if you can touch upon it definitely so that's one of the hot topic uh, and i also have a video on the same on my channel which has one of the most watched and most interacted video so embedded system in a nutshell is nothing but a system that is meant to do one specific task when we talk about our laptops our computers these are general processing uh, cpus they can some uh, like you and i we used to do uh, podcast editing, video editing on it. Some people used to do designing, programming and things like that. So these are the general purpose uh, CPUs. But when we have specific task in mind, like we want to uh, reheat our food, then we have a microwave. So microwave is an example of an embedded system, which has a very specific task to reheating, reheating your uh, food using microwaves. Uh, when we talk about uh, washing and rinsing, rinse, uh, rinsing clothes, then we have the washing machine and dryer. They have a very specific task of doing just that. So embedded system is a field of all these devices, which is uh, having one specific task and they can be done with the specific CPU, which are microcontroller. So you don't need to have uh, expensive CPUs like Intel i3 and Intel i5 or i7 or AMD. You You don't need that in your washing machine. You don't need that in your microwave. So companies have come up with the uh, microcontrollers. Silicon vendors are providing 8-bit CPUs, 16-bit CPUs, 32-bit, and nowadays uh, 64-bit as well uh, to suit your need. Uh, they have some peripherals like timer, counters, uh, analog to digital converter, uh, digital to analog converter. And uh, as per the requirement, you can program it and you can make uh, whatever use of it. Uh, and the way you do that is uh, using sensors and activators. So you sense the environment using sensor then you process the, that data using the CPU and then you give an output in the form of an act, actuation. And actuation can be a display showing the data of the sensor. Actuation can be a servo motor which is rotating. Actuation can be uh, LEDs which are blinking. So this is in a nutshell an embedded system. And the recent trend is uh, we are going towards the connectivity in an internet fashion. So when I say IoT, uh, we don't generally mean that we are connecting everything to the internet. 
what we are trying to say we are connecting uh, everything in an internet fashion and what is an internet fashion internet fashion is nothing but devices able to communicate with each other like we do on internet we communicate uh, sitting here in delhi to someone who is in oslo norway so we are doing in an internet fashion it doesn't have to be on a wider area network but they are able to communicate with each other so that's why iot was uh, used to be called m2m or machine to machine communication because a machine is getting smarter and can communicate to other machine and they can together take some collective decisions out of it so that's in a nutshell is the embedded uh, system and uh, this is where the trend is heading and a uh, lot of developments are happening uh, things are getting smart and everything will gonna be much smarter and interconnected and make our life easier ideally yeah ideally, uh, ideally. you know <laughs> because ideally comes into the picture when engineers are in the place because you know yeah. we know how how uh, complex these systems are definitely so Uh, t- touching upon that aspect uh, it's really very well put i must say because you know the way you have uh, explained it for, right from my uh, microwaves to washing machines to now iot systems it's really very very good uh, now if you can touch upon the jobs aspect of it because uh, do we have enough jobs around this space in india and also do we have uh, how do you see the market in in the future like you know uh, especially with uh, the the prices uh, of uh, uh, you know, all the chips going up and all these things happening around the world uh, right. th- th- you know i was really sh- shocked to uh, learn the fact that you know all over the world even the only company which manufacture chips for most 99% of the industries is tsmc and uh, even intel outsources this chip manufacturing to uh, tsmc you know that's that clearly shows the fact uh, why there, uh, you know it has been there has been shortage so do you see uh, with that aspect india having a potential now with you know making india push and all these things uh, for, a for job opportunities b for industries to you know come up with new spaces Oh yeah definitely very good question so in my opinion there are plenty of jobs there are like no shortage of jobs uh, the problem lies with when people actually connect iot with iot so what i try to mean by that is when i had a discussion with a lot of uh, students especially my juniors and people on the internet Uh, that they want a job in iot and i have been seeing their search history they are looking for uh, iot engineer opening in noida iot engineer opening in uh, hyderabad uh, there is no problem with that but the thing i just mm. mentioned in the starting is iot has been so much abstracted that everyone in today's technology field is doing some sort of iot but they are not aware about it so exactly IoT is not something that you take a microcontroller you take a wifi module and then you automate this IoT is not that IoT is everywhere starting from the bare metal microcontroller to the person sitting on a server and analyzing the data the, and the sensor data sensor sending it to the server so what you actually need to understand that uh, everything is going to be interrelated in today's world and uh, IoT is everywhere there are a lot of jobs the only uh, thing that i uh, see in scarcity is the skills and the right mindset so the skills are really important and what i mean by skills is is not something that you are able to program everyone can today uh, time can learn to program uh, the way i wanted to put it is like think of an architecture think of a product point of view like how the end product uh, would be available i remember this uh, amazing uh, line put up by elon musk and i totally resonate with it so elon musk says that if you need a manual for your product the product is broken 
so think of it like an end uh, perspective uh, point of view that how your customer is going to use it uh, would they need a manual for it would they actually need to like first uh, plug into that router then they do some configuration and then they put that uh, bulb into the socket or uh, what would happen if uh, uh if the internet is not working would you still be open to uh, will you still be able to operate this light so you have to think it uh, from those ways and uh, try to solve those problems the other aspect i want to touch upon is uh, uh, the thing which i mentioned in couple of my videos back so whenever uh, a new technology come it uh, it's available to some elite people in the beginning let's just take the example of the clubhouse so when clubhouse launched they were only available for ios user and that to only invite to basis right so Uh, they were doing some water testing and how people are doing it uh, let's take an, an another example 3d printers when 3d print uh, the 3d printer had a patent for a very long time so no one can manufacture 3d printers and when that patent expired uh, people start to manufacture 3d printers and 3d printer used to cost like 3 lakhs and 4 lakh rupees and not everyone able to afford that but what happened over the period of time there are new inventions happening new discoveries and uh, things are getting cheaper Uh, processors are getting more powerful and cheaper uh, moore's law you must have heard about it so all these uh, things when they come together they do wonders so initially internet was only available to military in the time of world war 2 to, to stay connected then right. inter- internet came to uh, what we call boffins like the elite researchers uh, winter who is the father of internet and people like that then internet came to some universities let's say harvard stanford and uh, 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 uc berkeley things like that uh, then you know at today's time everyone has internet we have internet on our laptop on our phones and even that bulb sitting right at my back also is connected to the internet so this is oh. the trend which we are seeing in every industry and iot is at that point where everyone can access it uh, readily in today's time there if you are an iot developer there are thousands of libraries there are thousands of chips to choose from so what i like to say people listening to this why are you looking for a job this is a perfect opportunity to start your own business this is a perfect opportunity to get into the space and make something big like you can definitely do job it's nothing wrong with that but uh, the time has given you an opportunity with iot and blockchain and machine learning and everything coming together and seamlessly operating uh, the first goal of every engineering student or every technical enthusiast who is listening this should not be to go for a job take big risk and try to build something out of it uh, meet people like just sai and i met uh, meet co-founders like that on the internet and try to go into some do some business out of it but anyway if you are not uh, that kind of a person who wants to get into that there are plenty of jobs just uh, stop uh, searching for just iot engineer i am not an iot engineer uh, i am an embedded systems engineer but 70% of my work revolves around iot uh, when you are a chip designer sai mentioned about uh, chip designing uh that requires skills like vlsi uh, vhdl verilog hdl system verilog so when you are designing a chip you are not an iot developer but you are designing chips that is going to end up in a smart bulb that will be become one day iot so from the chip designer point of view you need to think okay what kind of chips uh, a company who is willing to get into iot would want that and people tells me that it's not easy to manufacture chips it's very difficult and we don't have a manufacturing plants in india i want to give them some words google risk 5 risk 5 is an open instruction set architecture uh, it's an open isa what that means that you can take any any fpga field programmable gate array you can program your own chip and you can actually use that chip you can program your own microcontroller you don't need to get a license from intel or arm So, RISC-V is coming. 
IoT is already here. Blockchain is already matured. Machine learning, lot of developments are coming. There are no shortage of jobs, my friends. You just need to you just need to take it like a pieces of puzzle, put it together, and you don't have to worry about it. And your first goal should be to create jobs, then to consume jobs. But anyway, if you want it, uh, there are plenty. There is no shortage. Just build upon your skills, work on that, and yeah, you'll be there. I mean, definitely yes, definitely. You know, I just can't agree more with the facts, and uh, I, I, you know, again, I, I definitely endorse the fact that you, you know, having skills is the you know most important thing that is currently needed because a lot of people, uh, and also you know, I'll, I, I'll, I would like to add my two cents here uh, is the fact that people often are thinking about you know what technology should I learn? Should I learn blockchain? Should I learn this thing or that thing? You know. Take it like this, you know, if you want to build this table, you would need a hammer, you would need a saw, you need a, uh, you know, a wrench, you, you need some nails, you need some wood and all these things. So whatever you need, you'll get it together, you'll learn how to use that tool and you'll build it. So the same thing should be, uh, the same perspective should be there for any particular technology. Like if, if you want to build, let's say, a, a complete IoT system, where you want to build a smart light, whatever is needed for that you just learn them and put it in the True. place and uh, you know you have and it's actually thing. very easy today so i just uh, always always say to people who are in contact with me that don't try to reinvent the wheel if you want to build an iot product uh, you don't have to start with building a iot protocol uh, you can use already what's available to you whether it's uh, mqtt running on top of wi-fi stack whether it's MQTT SN running on top of Bluetooth, you don't have to go and invent in another protocol and you know uh, spend resources and time onto that. There are thousands of libraries, thousands of architecture. You just need to take all the pieces of puzzles and uh, put it together. There is this dilemma that people says that uh, uh, okay, uh, I need to what, but what? Where is my learning? So that is absolutely up to you. What you are trying to learn. If you want to become an IoT developer, you don't have to start from chip designing. You have to figure out, okay, where my interest lies. Is my interest is into firmware programming? Then I don't need to learn Verilog or VHDL. Then I need to learn a C programming language, bit of assembly and how to toggle uh, bits and how to read data sheet. But if my if my if my interest is lying into connectivity, the transport layer, then I don't need to uh, learn chip designing and programming the microcontroller. Then I need to learn okay how the OSI layer works, uh, what security are uh, what security is available on uh, transport layer. It's uh, SSL, TLS. What are the different protocols? How should I use HTTP? Should I use MQTT? So don't try to learn everything just uh, because it's it's a really big stack. If you talk about IoT, it's a really big stack. You can start from very low level chip designing to hardware programming to all the way up to cloud computing and analyzing data. So just figure out where your interest lies and only learn that part of it. Uh, there are people who think that if I want to learn IoT, I need to do firmware designing and they don't do it because they come from a background of Python development and Node.js development. No, don't go there. Use what you have, use what you already know. If you know Python, there are libraries for Python. You don't need to do in C. So yeah, exactly. that's uh, what I wanted to convey. Exactly, hundred percent. I just can't agree more because you know, and also, uh, I in my bootcamp that I'm doing currently, I insist on the fact that you know people uh, should always think like this. You know, let's let's say we are in tenth class. We wouldn't think about you know this is my domain. Should I enter into that and all these things? Why are we doing when we get uh, uh, specialized? You know. Although we are specialized, it doesn't mean that we don't have to get into some other space, right? Uh, we we can definitely always pick up anything from uh, different uh, uh, 
uh, space and also we can learn them and you know we we become hybrid and expression uh, uh, you know professionals uh, in in that space and also i have a confession to make uh, regarding the iot engineer and all these things definitely you know a lot of people uh, talking about this it's like you know the early ages of uh, where this whole uh, you know uh, web development and all these things happened you people used to call themselves software engineers but you know software engineers is a very broad term you don't know very what big exactly. umbrella yeah and all you know all these different things like you know database engineer or the front end back end engineer and all these things fall in the under that and the same happens with the iot engineer there's a this is much bigger umbrella than software uh, because it uh software engineer is a subset of iot engineer I, I, engineer i must say and there are also other parts of it to be so, honest i don't i never like the title iot engineer like okay what is an iot engineer iot is such a big such a massive field such a big umbrella i never really like that title but uh, anyway companies are doing that and uh it's sort of a perk uh, people like to say that okay i'm an iot engineer but to be honest uh, no one can be an iot engineer actually because it's a lot and lot of things and you cannot be expert in everything i mean uh, it's 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 a debatable thing i would say because uh, you know it's it's the initial days that's where uh, people want to uh, exactly show off that you know they they want they are exactly working in this space they are working on connectivity of devices and all these things and they yeah. don't have a better word to it rather than saying marketing strategy yeah 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 <laughs> all right so now let's get into the security part uh, now whether that's where uh, you your uh, expertise is so let's say i have a device that i want to build and uh, i want to what what are the basic things that i should keep in mind while building any device you know uh, uh, ayan for those who do not know ayan is known uh, very popularly for uh, breaking up uh, a, a reputed company's device first if you can touch upon that ayan and then we'll go into the the sure so i don't know if i should take name but uh, i'll just uh, say it like this so i have a keen interest in security part and especially when it comes to hardware security and when it comes to iot devices uh, your device is sitting on the internet or some sort of uh, network uh, grid and uh, it has some sort of accessibility like people can access it people can interact with it so it uh, becomes uh, something we like to call attack vector uh, attack surface so it becomes some sort of that uh so a lot of different things can happen uh, i recommend uh, seeing this uh, video series called uh, mr robot and there's a very amazing uh, scene in that uh, where uh, some notorious hackers were able to you know uh, tap into the home network and able to control the home uh, home automation system and people of, often debates okay we don't have anything to hide uh, what could they control my lights my fan okay not a big deal uh but sooner or later there are going to be there are actually i i'm not sure if people are using in india but definitely i've seen i know lot of people who also have smart locks i know lot of people who have uh, thermostats and uh, smart uh, water heaters so a very good portray uh, in one of the episode i think on in season 2 of mr robot was uh they the lady was taking a bath and they were able to uh, control change the temperature to very hot to extremely cold and things like that and then uh, turning on the volume of the home uh, home uh, uh, music system and then thermostats and lot of different things they can do so 
I and she she was the uh, one of the board members of the tech company. True, she was the 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 uh, head lawyer of that company and uh, uh, quite a quite an interesting figure the, uh, actually. But I think that was the one that inspired me to look more into that uh, because uh, at that time we don't really had lot of uh, internet enabled home automation devices in Indian market. uh there were uh, smart lightning i remember philip uh, philips hue lifex were there but they were quite expensive so i just went to amazon and i searched for smart lightning i said okay that would be a good uh, part to start from and i saw a lot of bulbs uh, from different companies and i got uh, this uh, bluetooth enabled bulb the idea was you can uh, install this bulb uh, or multiple bulbs and there would be an app and you can change color you can do a lot of different things uh it will blink if you are near home uh, proximity and things like that so i bought that bulb i remember it was around 1100 1200 something and it was working flawlessly uh, the app uh, ui sucks which uh, i didn't really like because i like uh, uh, aesthetic aesthetic thing uh, so what i decided is uh, okay it's sending data to the bluetooth and uh, what if i can completely ditch the app i can make my own application and make it look beautiful and then control it number 1 number 2 is that is a bluetooth thing and i always need to be in range uh, of a bluetooth range and uh, bluetooth 3 i think uh, it was it was bluetooth uh, 4 bluetooth uh, low energy and the range was around 15 meters so i always have to be in the close proximity to control that bulb so that was my two motivation i wanted to control it over the internet uh, wifi and second thing i wanted a better interface for my app the app was very glitchy it was not good at all it was light mode and i don't like light mode things so that was the motivation i decided okay i'm going to make my own app so the requirement was i wanted to know what the data is being sent uh, from the mobile phone to the bluetooth so i can replicate it and uh, do something which uh, hackers like to call replay attack so you can replay the entire scenario and uh, the device will not figure out okay is is it the app sending me or is it something else sending me it's completely blind for that uh so there were different methods uh, one method could be you cut open the bulb you you find uh, serial ports and you find some test points and you try to you know get some dump data okay what kind of string it's reading but then again it it's running a binary file uh, the hex file which you cannot actually you actually can uh, reverse engineer it but it's really a hard route and the bulb will be wasted if it's once open so i thought could i really hack into this bulb without opening it could i reverse engineer it so i thought okay let's uh, try to sniff the packets which the mobile app is sending to the bulb uh i i found different tools uh, what tools i can use to sniff the packets and there is something called a yard stick it's a very very expensive device i think uh, $1000 or something and what it can do it can sniff the packets from the air what are the different bluetooth packets that which are going in the air near you uh that was a big investment for me because i was still studying back then <laughs> so i i googled i found some ways that uh, if you have an android phone and if you uh, if you go to the advanced setting and you open the developers mode then you can log the packets which your bluetooth phone is sending into the android file system so ah, so okay. long story short whenever you do any bluetooth activity all the activity will be logged in a file which will stay on your android phone so i say mm. okay let's give it a try so i i uh, enable that feature i open my bluetooth connect to the bulb and i start sending some colors 
red color blue color green color and then i got a file and i brought that file to my pc for analyzing and that where the tough thing starts so there's a tool called wireshark uh, which i think most of uh, network engineers know it's used to you know uh, tap into the packets and see what are the different payloads uh, what are the endpoints uh, ip address things like that Mm-hmm. So I brought it into the wire uh, Wireshark. It was a PCAP file, and I tried to analyze uh, and filter the logs which is coming to the which is going to the Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to do that because I know the uh, the uh, MAC address of the bulb. It's not technically called MAC address, but it's something similar to MAC address in the Bluetooth world. Like MAC mm-hmm. address is something for the internet world. Uh, here it's for the Bluetooth world. Okay. So I filtered the packets and. then i got so many different things and uh, i had to learn a lot about the bluetooth low energy protocol and how it works so, so it has something called gat generic attribute it has something called gap generic profile so i did all my study i read a lot of research papers and i was able to come up with some filters uh, that will show me the packets where the payload is there so i was actually thinking that i will not be able to read the payload because it must be encrypted it's a big company and they won't be sending just plain text data uh, but i i was totally caught by surprise uh, i actually found a string of numbers it's sending and uh, i copied a couple of strings like 10 or 11 strings to a notepad and i tried to find the pattern so there was a very very easily recognizable 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 pattern there is some fixed data and then there is a variable data and in that mm. variable data i have found the hex code of rgnb red color green color <laughs> and blue color it was quite easily distinguishable and uh, that was something uh, of a breakthrough but i cannot uh, you know i cannot confirm it if i'm not able to replay it like i need to send the same data from some other source and if the bulb changes color then i can uh, confirm okay my research has been successful so i had a raspberry pi with the, uh, the only computer in my house uh, with support of bluetooth low energy at that time was a raspberry pi so i have this raspberry pi i installed all the bluetooth stack the blues package and hci config and things like that i i searched for the devices i found the bulb i connect to the bulb and i send these raw packets to the bulb and the color changed so <laughs> that's that's where i knew that okay this device is now fully reverse engineered without uh, soldering any external wire without cutting the lid open i was able to do the replay attack i just mm-hmm. wrote a very simple bash script and i just made a video okay i'm sending this uh, data from the bash script and this device is changing colors mm-hmm. uh led led light bulb so uh, someone can connect with the bluetooth and change color not a big thing then i had <laughs> i had a smart uh, lock and similar okay. thing happened so i could actually open the smart lock without uh, having any access uh, of the application and without any password and authentication so it was kind of worrisome uh, so i wrote an email to the company explaining everything and because it's a bluetooth device it's not an io it's not an internet connected device they cannot send any firmware upgrades uh, using the over the air maybe they could mm-hmm. uh, because nowadays you can actually program the device over bluetooth but maybe not back in 3 uh, or 4 years back correct so i thought okay they will fix it in the next production and i'll give them some time uh, that's what you do if you found some uh, vulnerability uh, i gave mm-hmm. them uh, some time they didn't respond so i wrote down this blog explaining all my research and what did i do and how did i not use an expensive device to do that and 
uh, that blog actually was picked by a lot of different sites uh, some uh, hacking magazines some forums some newsletters and things like that and people were really you know appreciating the research and the conclusion was uh, the companies are so desperate to make their name in iot device that they are not taking care of the basic security and uh, the end user is at risk uh, these devices can be very easily hijacked and can be used for notorious purposes uh, it could be as simple as changing colors of your light when you are sleeping uh, in the night to something like opening your doors to opening your curtains to changing temperature of this room uh, mm-hmm. so that's where i thought okay some more research is needed in this field and then i developed interest in iot and hardware security and yeah i think uh, that is uh, the topic we are talking about today so that was all about my research exactly that's that's i know that's very scary uh, you know how uh, if let's say now you were in that po- uh, position uh, uh, making that product what are the measures that you would take to you know basically curb this and uh, make it safe or let's let's start it from this point let's uh, if i am building any device what are the basic security things that i should keep in mind let's say from from a device standpoint to the connectivity and to the uh, application and every every uh, layer of iot good so uh, people can argue that we are talking okay it's a big company it's a renowned company and uh, they are doing this it cannot be hacked uh, for your surprise a couple of weeks back a couple of weeks back uh, when the apple announced uh, air tax air tax yeah, was yeah. was uh, our news was hacked and reverse engineered and someone has was able to put a new firmware onto the air tag so if mm. a company as big as apple can you know leave some back doors for hackers to exploit this is a very small company uh, compared to that which i did mm. uh, so i had a saying and i actually wrote a blog for a very big uh, uh, technical forum on how to secure iot devices and uh i started it with like this which i want to reiterate here the only way to keep anything safe on the internet is to take it from take it away from internet hmm. like don't put it on internet that's the only way but we are talking about iot we are living in a connected world we want to have we want to control the lights and the fans from our phones and from our uh, smart assistant that is not practical right so uh, there is no 100% way to keep your product safe to keep it uh, unhackable uh, non reverse engineerable uh, but there are some things that you can definitely do and i'll start with the with this uh, project only which i did like what could company do to you know make it harder for me to so i won't say make it uh, impossible for me to hack because impossible is uh, uh, not does not ex- does not exist in uh, reverse engineering and hacking so what could they do to make it a bit hard for me to do so the simplest thing they could do is to have an end to end encryption like if mm. they encrypted the payload let's say they used the uh, the 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 most basic sort of encryption like let's say fernet or rsa or things like that uh, i don't know the exact number of uh, uh, permutation and combination would i need but uh, it would be something like 18 years i would need on my computer to break that encryption and obviously i am not that much motivated to wait 18 years to be, to break into a device which will outdate in 18 months mm. uh, so just by implementing the basic end to end encryption it would be so much harder for me to break into that device i don't have a supercomputer i won't be attempting that and uh, the 
there is what there is this effort of adding one library to it like you don't even have to implement encryption from this scratch people have done it for you there are open source libraries uh, you can you can do something like psk pre shared keys that only if the keys are uh, keys are shared then we will do some sort of uh, color changing so that's the most basic thing they can do uh, but again this is uh, a small smart bulb uh, and there are more and more elite devices coming like uh, weather stations uh, uh, like uh, smart uh, ovens uh, smart mirrors and things like that so uh, what are different things people can do so number one i would say is give up on defaults so you must be aware that uh, we are from the same generation and we used to have uh, routers uh, with a default admin and password admin admin, admin. or yeah password one two three four so give up on defaults if you because uh, most of the people will never change that mm. i know people who are from a very good technical background and I go to their home. I connect to their Wi-Fi. It's it's actually a fun thing. I like to try. I always uh, go to the router homepage and try to open it. And to my surprise, even the people who are from a technical background never changes that. Exactly. And yeah, that leaves them so much vulnerable. Like uh, even a script kiddy, which I, which uh, which people in the hacking community say that someone who just uh, copy and paste some other script, even a script kiddy knows uh, that uh, it would be default. So. Uh, give up on defaults if you nowadays i'm seeing a lot of companies giving up on default so every router will have a different uh, username and password or at least some sort of uh, two-factor authentication built in so if you are uh, a product developer if you are a company who are building iot products don't have a default uh, username or password because you can actually google like what is the default username of and password of uh, let's say uh netgear uh, uh, router and things like mm. that so don't mm. don't do that and i'm seeing the trend shift and it's really good uh number two is uh, something which i like to call locking all the doors so what i mean by that is maybe your device is very secured maybe you are using encryption uh, but if you have uh, uart exposed on the uh, on the pcb if you have some test point exposed on the pcb anyone can anyone can tap into that by opening it they can uh, attach some probes and they can connect it to the USB to serial devices and they can dump the data or they will get the terminal if it's running Linux. Uh, so don't do that. Uh, it is actually debatable, not debatable, it's actually a polarizing topic because uh, you need test points to test the PCB if, if everything is working correctly or to flash the new software. Uh, mm -hmm. But what we saw with Apple AirTag, exactly that happened. Uh, the test points were uh, UART exposed and uh, SDIO interfaces. And uh, using that, uh, the person who hacked it was able to, uh, you know, change the code of it. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. Lock all the doors. And uh, I am pretty sure a lot of people are researching on the new methods. So I'm going to talk about that now. So the new method of uh, doing this is implementing something called OTA, over the air. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if people have heard about it, but uh, just Google it. Like a uh, few years back, uh, a company called Jeep in the US have to call back uh, some uh, odd 20,000 cars back to manually update the software. Whoa. So there, there are two brothers who I think are now working, uh, two brothers or two friends, I'm not sure. I don't remember their name. They, are, they might be now working for General Electric and uh, they actually was able to control the uh, Jeep vehicle steering brakes sitting in remote location like a, mm. like they can actually write some commands on their computer and the jeep would turn the jeep would uh, stop the engine will seize on the highway and imagine the risk involved into this like you were driving on a, a 200 miles uh, per hour in a german highway and they just you know killed your brake they just uh, rotate your uh, uh, your wheel 
and things mm-hmm. like that so it's catastrophic and they were able to do that uh, and they sent the report out to the jeep and they didn't fix it so they make it public and because jeep don't have a mechanism of over the air updates they have to manually call it back just mm-hmm. imagine how much money they could have saved if they enabled over the air update and if your device uh, is something that uh, because uh, the firmware you are shipping today doesn't guarantees that it will be good uh, 2 years down the line uh, that's what happened with a lot of the attacks like heart bleed uh, open ssl vulnerability uh, that's what happened with the crack uh, where the wifi uh, wifi 802.11 protocol broke uh, that's what happened with the blue bond where the using bluetooth vulnerability someone was able to open your front camera take a photo and send it to uh, internet mm-hmm. so whatever firmware or whatever software you are shipping today is not guaranteed to work without vulnerability down the line so mm-hmm. you should create some mechanism of over the air updates and trust me it's not that difficult in this time uh, if there is any vulnerability if you don't have an over the air update either that product is uh, uh, rendered useless that product is obsolete people have to throw it away or you have to manually call it back and flash new firmware on it manually and spending lot of money hmm. so just i have in, yeah i have two things to talk about exact this ota uh, thing uh, you know just to mention it here uh, because we are at the right time uh, one is you know uh, law you know the the law enforcement is very much important in this space especially because you know i recently saw uh, uk being very strict about this and they clearly uh, stated every device manufacturer uh, to you know clearly mention for how long they will be able they will be giving the over the air updates uh, or the software updates or the patch updates and all these things and also they are considering the best part is you know they are in this uh, in this uh, law they have made they are they are also considering the mobile devices are as iot devices so they will clearly get to know for how long we'll be getting the software updates and all these things and uh, th- that's the best part and which is not happening uh, maybe in this winter uh, session we will see, we are hoping to get to see a lot of uh, things around uh, you know uh, data privacy and all these things in india especially and uh, the second part i don't know you know exactly uh, you spoke about jeep and uh, similar thing i heard about tesla where you know it's which was quite opposite uh, someone said you know there was some uh, rupture that was happening between the wheel and the battery packs or something like that because of uh, not not uh, you know having the right elevation or space between them and uh, that was out in the uh, news uh, but elon was so much so st- smart that you know by the time news went to the uh, went to pu- went public the next morning over the night he fixed it and sent uh, ota update to all the cars and he put it out in uh, uh, on the news saying you know you can uh, just get this software update and this will uh, solve this uh, problem so which was quite opposite to what jeep had to do because th- there was this uh, functionality right absolutely uh, about the first point yes it's very important for government to come out with some policies to keep the companies accountable if something like sort uh, like that sort happen so even if you if you look at the open source world uh if you know about this operating system called ubuntu so ubuntu has mm-hmm. two two kind two releases every uh, every time so one is the lts uh, which is known as a long term stable the stable. only meaning of long term stability is that they will provide security patches for 4 to 5 years and one is uh, non lts that they only provide security patches for uh, some uh, 18 months or something 
so whenever a new iot vendor or any connected device vendor wants to enter into the market uh, they should be held accountable and they should uh, implement this mechanism and uh, using which they would at least at least uh, promise to provide a support and uh, security updates and patches for at least 2 to 3 years so that should be a uh, part of the thing it definitely would uh, add uh, more to the cost and for the consumer but ultimately you won't be sitting there uh, with a with a vulnerable thing and it's important to understand why you don't want a vulnerable device uh, at this moment so let's say uh, i don't know if people heard about it it's called a ddos attack a uh, distributed mm-hmm. denial of services Uh, so what exactly is happening so everything is running on servers your bank transactions is running on servers so let's say uh, xyz having uh, uh, 20 servers and uh, what they do they divide the load between the 20 servers and uh, someone is not happy with that bank and someone used to have a lot of contacts in black hat hacking community so what they do they will the servers are limited servers at the end of the day are nothing but computers which has a limited memory limited ram limiting processing speed okay correct so let's say that server is able to handle 4 billion devices uh, 4 million devices at the time okay by uh, mm. 4 million devices they can handle at one given time any instance like they can process 4 million data mm. uh, but the fact is uh, uh, by the last year there are al- already 50 billion iot devices out there so mm. if your devices are not secured what these hackers can do since your devices are internet connected they are able to generate the data they can use your devices to send data to these servers and since the servers will be overloaded and the servers will not be able to function and the bank oh. will not be able to process uh, the transaction and they will lose millions and millions every second so this is called distributed denial of services where you distribute the load between different devices and you bring something down Uh, that's mm-hmm. what happened with the uh, i think uh, nat geo that's what happened with a lot of different things so just google distributed denial of services almost one attack you will find every day uh, uh, hackers are doing and they're bringing some services down and actually i saw a map where you know it clearly shows where all uh, where all D- ddos attacks are happening currently live map exactly. i saw the some website exactly yeah. so yeah the idea is to bring that service down and if uh, you are not able to operate uh, like upi itna sada down jata hai daily ki daily if upi is going down people are not able to make transactions a uh, bank mm-hmm. is losing business people are uh, getting uncomfortable people will try to change bank so that is the overall idea behind ddos and no not one single person can generate that much of data they need more devices to generate data and the devices which they hijack to generate data are called botnets so mm-hmm. the next generation of botnets are not your computer which are compromised the next generation of botnets are internet connected web cameras internet connecting washing machine internet connected uh, uh, traffic lights and things like that because they are uh, so easy to hack uh, and so easy to you know operate and they are connected to the internet they are generating data hacker just need to route that data to the service they want to bring down so that's why it's really important even though you will not realize but your device is actually involved in a in a ddos attack and your device will be acting as a botnet so it's really important to fix all the vulnerabilities otherwise you are just contributing to another uh, army of botnets with your devices mm-hmm. uh, regarding the second part uh yes uh, i am not here to you know uh, make you fear of uh, the internet connected devices as i mentioned since tesla has the feature of ota update it just took one night for the engineers to bring to code the patch and send it to all the cars and the vulnerability was fixed see how easy it is 
so if a company actually invest in a good architecture in good research it is actually very very good to have internet connected devices it's actually a blessing i remember uh, uh, someone tweeted to elon that uh, i left the sunroof of my car opened and i went on a vacation and uh, my seats are now soaking because it rained so can you implement uh, like if it's raining then automatically my roof closes and they sent one small patch over the year and it was implemented and elon tweeted done Mm, so with wow. just one tweet elon can get back to the engineers create a patch over their updates and they they are getting so much good publicity for it uh, mm. pet mode uh, if your pet is inside the screen will show my pet is inside don't worry i am comfortable my owner is coming back everything they are doing is ota update so it's very good feature to have ota updates and uh, more and more companies are looking for it definitely there is some investments needs to be done because of infrastructure because of uh, the the pipelines we we used to call it uh, ci cd cd pipeline so it's continuous mm-hmm. integration continuous de- develop development and continuous deployment mm. so deployment part is where the ota comes like you can integrate your patches you can test it and the finally thing is you need to deploy it so yeah that's uh, the point encryption we already discussed uh the other thing which i wanted to uh, uh, talk about is isolated network so uh just because you can put something on the internet does not mean you should put it on the internet so let's take an example so uh, i have a smart home uh, this room is entirely automated i can control the lights and fans and everything so with uh, my mobile app uh, with alexa and everything but i am not putting it on the internet because i i have no requirement of controlling my lights if i am sitting on new zealand on a vacation what i put on internet is my camera my security camera so i can see my home so just because you can put everything on the internet does not mean you should uh internet is actually the wan the wider area network but before wan there is lan the local area network so think about the local area network first if you just want to operate a water heater you can do it without putting on the internet you can just connect it to the router but don't expose it to the actual real world so it's called isolating of network so i have isolated my room lights and fans and things only on the local area network and the camera is on the wider area network with the vpn and proxy so the other thing is putting some more doors in front of your devices so vpn and proxy i won't go into the details but you can actually read about it that how secure they are every communication is encrypted and things like that uh, that's another point so uh yeah i think uh, that's pretty much all the last thing i wanted to uh, touch upon if is rf security radio frequency security so generally people thinks if uh, data is going through the internet then anyone can sniff it because lot of people are sitting uh, on the internet uh but when someone is implemented something which is not based on in the internet let's say it's based on radio frequency uh, i'll give you one example when you press the button on the key fob your car doors open it is not sending data via the internet no servers are involved but the radio frequency part is always involved the data will be sent out in the air using radio frequencies uh, it could be 2.4 gigahertz it could be 900 megahertz and your car will receive it someone can sniff that up as well and people have done that uh, if you if you google this person called sammy kamkar you will come to know that he was one of the first person to do this kind of a thing and it's very easy to do that using something called sdr or software defined radios and you can buy sdr at this moment from amazon india for as cheap as 12 dollars 
I'm not saying that you can able to sniff, go out, buy that, and sniff people cars and key fobs. Don't do that. It's not legal, and you shouldn't be doing it. But it's all possible. Anyone with the right resources can do that, and they can also do the replay attack. So companies are now becoming smarter. They are doing something called a PSK or pre-shed keys. So it's not that not that easy. Uh, but before Sammy Kamkar and people like that did their research, it was as simple as just reading using a twelve dollar RTL and uh, uh, resending it using something called hack RF. Uh, yeah, a lot of different attack surfaces, a lot of different attack vectors. On the server side, I'm not the right guy to talk about security. But I can just say that if you are sending data to the server, make sure it's end-to-end -end encrypted. Uh, you can use something called TLS, which is transport layer security. You can use something like SSL uh, certificates. And uh, you can also have a, a password on the server. Like if you are doing some MQTT communication, you can use a pre-shared password. So only devices which are authorized can connect. Uh, second thing is look into the protocols. So if you are using, let's say MQTT is a very renowned uh, IoT protocol. It's very lightweight and a lot of people are building products around MQTT, which I'm seeing. Uh, but MQTT provides you so many features that people don't, uh, people using MQTT are not even aware about that and they don't even use it. MQTT provide transport layer security. MQTT provide uh, uh, your feature to use uh, encrypted payload. MQTT provides to have a password. MQTT also provide to have uh, a list of uh, a database of known clients. So no unknown clients join. But people are not even using that. So if you are using any protocol, if you are using any product, read about it. See what are the different features. I'll give you another example. So let's say if you are building a product around uh, something which needs to have an operating system. Let's say you are not doing bare metal microcontroller, but you are doing Linux operating system, Raspberry Pi, for example. Uh, or let's say any Renaissance chip. So Renaissance chip has something called CAM processor, using which you can do a very easy encryption. People don't do encryption because encryption is number one uh, uh, costly on the CPU. A lot of mathematics involved, a lot of CPU cycles are uh, involved. Uh, and encryptions are not easy and when you are sending data it takes some time it takes more space so things like that but there are silicon vendors who are providing uh, 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 encryption accelerators on the chip itself on the silicon itself so you don't have to code it yourself you can just use that invoke that and it will do everything for you it will accelerate for you just like apple m1 has neural network uh, neural engines uh, similarly for iot devices there are chips which has uh, uh, encryption accelerator so just read about what de what device are you using if you are using a specific microcontroller read the data sheet see what all features it, it's having which features you can use for security if you are using aws read about what security features are in the aws what are the good practices of using aws server uh, only expose the ports which you are need don't work on default ports. Uh, uh -huh. So yeah. uh, port 80, everyone knows is the HTTP port. If you want mm -hmm. to do HTTP, change, make it 15042. Like don't use default ports, things like that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things can be discussed and there is no end to what things you can do. But uh, these are some things which uh, I wanted to put because uh, these are something which I personally uh, try my best to do uh, under my uh, personal best practices when developing any IoT device. Uh, but yeah, if you're working on server level, it's uh, good if you consult someone who is into uh, middleware or high level security, if you mm -hmm. are into lower level or chip level security, because uh, no one knew, kisi ko pata bhi nahi tha ki silicon bhi hacks ho sakti hai. So mm -hmm. there is something called uh, Spectre and Meltdown. It happened a couple of years back. Intel ki jo chip hai, Intel chip has vulnerability. 
no one knew it oh. like someone uh, using javascript uh, so when you use a browser uh, when you visit any site the mm-hmm. site can actually execute a javascript on your client so javascript is executed on the client side that means mm-hmm. the site can execute a script on your computer using the vulnerability from these processors spectre and meltdown these uh, sites can use javascripts and execute on top of your cpu to have the root level privilege to have the admin level privilege oh that's the, the worst thing about it is you can fix uh, software you can fix application you can patch over the air but how will you hmm. fix cpu vulnerabilities you have to change the cpu on your server yeah so i'm not the right guy to talk about cpu vulnerabilities that's what i'm trying to convey here i am the uh, guy who could tell you about uh, the iot product the node product and the security related to it which i told you but if you want to know about the server level and the silicon level you should uh, read more about it and depending mm-hmm. on where you work it's uh, absolutely up to you just one good practice is to read about it like जिस भी लेयर पे तुम काम कर रहे हो उस लेयर के बारे में पढ़ो जिस टेक्नोलॉजी पे तुम काम कर रहे हो उस टेक्नोलॉजी के बारे में पढ़ो एंड नो वट ऑल फीचर्स आर देयर देयर माइड बी फीचर्स विच यू कैन यूज बट यू आर नॉट अवेयर अबाउट इट एंड लॉट ऑफ लॉट ऑफ ग्रेट रेवल्यूशन टूडे डेफिनेटली नो फ्यू ऑफ द थिंग्स इवन आई वॉज यू नो लिटिल रिलेक्टेंट अबाउट मे बी या definitely but i'll go back and uh, look happens look to best it. of us <laughs> yeah yeah you know that's that's always there that's always there the, the learning curve is always there but you know i'm i'm the one one last question that i want to answer if if you can quickly answer that uh, if i i'm not sure if you ha- have the answer to it also uh, with all these things that are happening uh, the person who is not even from technological background how can he you know cope up with all these things uh, is it uh, does it mean that we shouldn't e- use these devices or what is very good question no i won't say don't use that devices i would say so uh, i think the only answer to this thing is uh, know what's happening around this world like keep updated uh, if you are uh, i'm assuming if someone wants to automate their home and someone wants to control the lights using the mobile application then they already have eagerness to learn then they already have eagerness to improve and you know go ahead of their time so just be aware what could happen it would it won't take much time to read about it uh, number 1 number 2 if your device is coming with the default uh, uh, credentials change it the first thing you should do is change it i actually consult some uh, device manufacturers and this is something which i recommended them that uh and lot of people are doing that you must have seen it like uh, there is a default uh, uh, username and password but as soon as you log in the first thing they will prompt you to change it automatically the company will ask you to change it so if mm-hmm. the company is not asking you to change it do it yourself if you are buying a new router change the default uh, username and password if you are buying a new home automation device change the default uh, thing that's a basic thing you can do and number mm. two is only if only put that on internet if it's actually required you to control it from a remote location if you never want to control your lights uh, from a different country don't put it on the internet just put it on the local network behind a firewall it's much more safe mm-hmm. just perfect man perfect uh, thanks a lot for bringing all these great insights and uh, you know i i could definitely like to have one more uh, podcast episode specifically with you uh, to talk about a lot more things uh, we just brushed upon uh, the main aspects of it but uh, definitely we'll do one more uh, if if uh, your time permits then uh, we'll do it definitely uh, definitely 
yeah thanks a lot for doing it uh, uh, for being here it was really lovely and uh, a lot of revelations that happened today thanks a lot for uh, being here amazing it was a lovely experience sign thanks a lot again for inviting me and uh, great time we had a uh, lot of things to learn uh, yeah it's, it's never ending thing uh, yeah and hope uh, the people would get something out of it uh, some good things and keep doing what you are doing it's amazing thing uh, putting information out for people to listen and yeah we had a lovely time we'll definitely yeah. keep in touch sure 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 thank you thanks a lot thanks for being here i'll see you next time bye so bye all right that brings us to the end of this podcast episode i really hope you liked it and found it very insightful if you did please 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 do follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to share it with your friends colleagues and whoever you feel might be interested in iot or might this might help them please do share it with them please take a screenshot of it if not and share it on your social media handles please do tag me you can find all my social media handles in the show notes also i'll link down ayan's uh, social media handles in the show notes and his youtube channel do go and check out his youtube channel too that thanks a lot for listening till the end and i'll see you in the next one until then keep doing awesome as always